With a closer look at the news and events affecting Prince George, welcome to After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. Good morning, listeners. Uh, this is Trudy Clawson. I'm, I'm, I'm phoning in today from... Okay, this is... Good morning. This is Trudy Clawson. I'm, I'm actually calling in today from Dawson Creek, where I'm at the NCLGA convention. Uh, but I did not want to miss this opportunity to interview my guest, Dr. Brian Day. Uh, Dr. Day, are you there? Yes, I am. All right, welcome. I'm just so pleased that you uh, um, that you agreed to come on my show, and um, just because I think the conversation that you have been having with Canadians and, and with various levels of our course certainly um, is extremely important. Um, I mean, I live in Prince George, where we have roughly 5,000 people on the waiting list, and I'm losing a bit of faith in our current system and in our, and in our current style of, of doing things uh, for that to get any better. So, um, yeah, so there I just jump right in. So, <laughs> um, But maybe let's first uh, tell me a little bit about yourself. Well, um, I'm an orthopedic surgeon and specializing in, uh, for many years in sports injuries and, um, and trauma, in, uh, injuries in general. And um, I've, you know, in, in the course of my work, I've traveled the world, and I've seen that many other jurisdictions um, treat and, and, and manage their health system way more efficiently and better than we do in Canada. And, and um, that's, you know, that's what led to the crisis in healthcare that is not new. Like this has been going on. I mean, in in, in many years ago, um, Jean Chrétien came up with um, the cure for a crisis when he um, and his and the first ministers of Canada got together and said, "We're going to give um, put forty billion dollars um, into curing the system, and it will be a fix for a generation." Well, you know, just the, in the last year, six months or so. The, guess what? The same group, only in, in 20 years later, of uh, coming up with 46 billion dollars, which is about a, th- a half or, or so of what what was tried um, by Jean Chrétien many many decades ago. So, this the Canada has not engaged in in um, looking at how other countries um, perform. I, I kind of use the hockey analogy. We're ranked 10th out of 10 of, u- of the developed countries that have universal health care in, in things like equity and access and excellence, and yet we're ranked number one in costs. And if you were running a hockey team and you were the most expensive in the league of 10 and, um, and yet the worst performer by far, you would surely look at what the top two or three hockey teams are doing, and our governments haven't done that. That's that's actually an excellent analogy. Prince George is a city that loves hockey, and um, a great analogy. Um, so, what I mean, just and maybe from a like a bird's eye view, like why are we so resistant to have this discussion? Because as soon as someone mentions that there's anything wrong with our system, we seem to have this major protection for how we're doing things. Well, there are over a million Canadians on public wait lists right now. And, you know, I, I think Canadians have a, populate, have, have a reputation of being nice people, uh, acquiescent and not overly aggressive. We don't start wars. We don't attack people. 
and 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 that has become pervasive. So we've we've basically succumbed to propaganda put out by special interest groups, um, and um, we don't want change, even though we're ranked so poorly. Even I mean, eleven and, in two thousand and twenty-one, and this is from government data. Eleven and a half thousand Canadians, more than eleven and a half thousand Canadians, died on on public wait lists. Well, I mean, you know, it's cynical, but but that's saving the government money because they don't have to treat those patients, and the the, the cost is is put onto their relatives who have to pay the funeral expenses. This is outrageous, and I think one of the things that Canadians generally don't understand, but it's it's. I mean, it's it's a stark reality. Uh, there's only one country on the whole planet of, you know, approximately 196 countries in which it's illegal um, to obtain private health insurance. Um, the only country, and not, not not in any of the communist countries like China and Vietnam and Laos and 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 so on. It's not uh, Cuba. These countries all allow some competition for the public system. And as in any field, you know, I, I defy anyone to, to tell me uh, of a monopoly that is best for the person, that suits the people or the persons wanting, the, needing the services, um, that it's better for them than, it's better for the owner of the monopoly. And in this case, it's the um, it's the government owners of the system succumbing to special interest groups that benefit from the monopoly. So, so the okay. So this, you you touched on the fact that we're the only country where it's illegal to purchase private health insurance. Correct. Correct. Unless it's <laughs> so. This is the other paradox. Unless, but, but what the government has done is said, well, it's legal if it's not medically necessary. So that's why we have what's called extended health um, um, coverage, which is really private health insurance, but it's yeah. nothing for, for services that the government has randomly and inexplicably um, stated are not medically necessary. I mean, included in the list um, are prescription medications, so if you diagnose an infection, the, the, the treatment is, is, the diagnosis is covered, but the treatment isn't. Um, if you collapse in the street with a heart attack, the ambulance that comes to take you to the hospital is not considered medically necessary, so you have to be billed for that. <laughs> oh, I mean, this is how ludicrous it's become. Dentistry... <clears throat> So you have an abscess in a wisdom tooth that might go through to penetrate through to the brain um, and is not covered, but an abscess in, uh, you know, an infection in a little toe that hurts you after running a marathon is covered. These are, these are random, um, illogical statements about our health system that are true. And, um, and we are, you know, we are looked at as an anomaly by, by the world and, and, you know, we, we need to realize that we're out of step with the rest of the world here. So, and maybe, because generally, we, I guess we've been able to be, um, let's say, laissez-faire or relaxed about our healthcare system and, and the problems within it, because it, it doesn't seem to affect 
Well, it does, though. I mean, the stories are... I mean, I mean, the, the super rich or even just the rich or, or upper middle income, if they are in desperate need of surgery that they can't get, they are, I mean, travel medicine is a thing in Canada. and They go to the Mayo Clinic or the, or, or the uh, Cleveland Clinic. They go down. So ev- in every country in the world, um, the rich don't suffer. So this is yeah. about ordinary people who have, may already have extended health insurance through their work even, um, as a benefit, which 70% of Canadians have, by the way, so this is not a minority, and letting those co- co- companies that provide that insurance, like Blue Cross and um, Great West Life and Canada Life and Manulife, let them offer supplementary insurance, which if you look at what it costs in the rest of the world, like European countries, New Zealand, Australia, it might add $50 a it would be offered at say fifty dollars a month. It's not. A, it wouldn't be expensive, because the whole principle works on the fact that if so many people have it, then then it, that's how insurance insurance works. And and the reason why it's lasted so long is there there are a couple of reasons. But one is, as you kind of were alluding to, until you need it or your nearest and dearest needs it, it doesn't seem bad because you don't know but as soon as you need need the treatment i mean i i saw the other day a 52 year old woman who literally has been waiting for a knee replacement and she can now only walk three or four steps um using a cane at the age of 52 or 53 excuse me and um and she is on a 14 month wait list and and she's being prescribed painkillers and narcotics to relieve the pain. And uh, there's a high risk of drug addiction um, being imposed on her by the rationing that is the health system in Canada that, that defines the health system. So do you think that's actually feeding into our, our uh, drug addiction crisis? Oh, it absolutely is. We know that. We know we, know we, we, we have... Stories and and many, you know, I mean, it's 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 a fact that if you are waiting for a long period in pain, which thousands and thousands, <laughs> millions of Canadians are are actually doing, then once you give someone narcotics, which it, when the pain gets bad enough, they're prone to addiction. Um, it's it's a biological um, issue and. Um, and where you know some people are more resistant than others, some some people are very susceptible. And um, but um, but it's it's also an economic issue that when individuals are you know are off work and not productive, it's a it's a really big um, load on both them personally and on the economy in general. So. I often used to say um, uh, that, that we are actually, governments in Canada are actually paying to prevent people getting better because it costs, it's more efficient and cheaper to treat patients quickly than it is to keep them waiting for months or years. That's just so incredibly sad, and, and what you're saying there flies in the face of, you know, the, the often the argument against making any changes to our system is, oh, my goodness, you just want poor people to die or you want people to mortgage their homes and get a second mortgage on their home in order to get medical 
uh, treatment, and that's not what we're talking about here. Well, actually, it's the opposite. So, the you know, there's a federal body called the Canadian Institute for Health Information. Um, they provide data to what a group called the Commonwealth Fund, who look into into health systems, and together with Stats Canada, these are government government sponsored bodies, and. Um, the worst health outcomes in Canada and the worst health access are for lower socioeconomic groups. And that, there's no question about that. It, 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 it's government-proven data. And, you know, as you, as you know, and we may talk about it a little bit, in, uh, the, the, um, when we, were, we went to court, um, not, when I say we, and the, some in the media and our opponents often ignore this fact, um, there were five patients together with with us who went to court to fight for the right for Canadians who are waiting longer than than the safe time to be able to access private health insurance um, and 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 the the decision the decision makers in as to whether this happens um, which are include judges and federal politicians, the, the outrageous thing is they are exempt from these rules. So judges sitting, deciding whether you or I should be able to buy private health insurance and access private health care are exempt from the unique Canadian uh, laws that make it unlawful for the rest of us. This is this is what you're facing, and this is, you know, this reeks of, of the former Soviet Union. That is, that is stunning, and I don't, I don't think people understand that. I, I think, um, I mean, certainly people who avail themselves of medical services in other countries realize that. Um, people yes, who travel, you know, and yet we, we, we somehow talk about equality, but we do not have equal access in Canada. And so not only are those groups exempt from insurance, but as, as I'm sure you can understand, when you, um, when you are in a position of high power, like a, a government minister or, or, or so on, you don't wait. They, they pick up the phone, uh, or the, sec- the, the, the secretary picks up the phone and, and, and makes phone calls, and they get through the, the system, and that's... That's exactly the way powerful people operate. The, um, so it is, it, is, um, it is the ordinary um, working Canadian who suffers the most within this system. And, um, and, and you know, in, in Australia, for instance, where um, um, eight, 8 million Australians, um, they have a public system, but they also allow a private option and 8 million low-income um, Australians have their insurance premiums subsidized by the government. So that's a safety valve for them. So if the government isn't providing health care in a timely manner in Australia, those individuals can go and access private health care. And it keeps the public system honest. You know, I mean, you're in the media. Um, we can all... We, we should all understand what would happen if the only media outlet that existed was the CBC and all other media outlets were banned and the government controlled who was, 
who led the CBC. <laughs> this is exactly what applies in healthcare, and you you just um, you you don't have competition, and you don't have anything to compare the public system to. So, so the big the demographic change too cannot be un- underestimated. Um, that that Canada has one of the highest percentage of baby boomers in the world. Okay, you know what, we, it is time for a break. We'll be back and we'll pick up uh, from that. Okay, thank you. Do you like a good bluegrass song? Enjoying hearing music from the likes of Bill Monroe, Rhonda Vincent, and the Lakeside Ramblers? Then tune in to Backwards Pickens Sunday evenings at 5 on 93.1 CFIS-FM for an hour of great bluegrass old and new. I'm Corey Walker, and I'm thrilled to take you on a musical journey each week as we explore the world of North American bluegrass. Catch Backwards Pickens Sunday nights at 5 only here on 93.1 CFIS-FM. Are you a leader who wants to take their leadership to the next level? Do you have an emerging leader on your team who needs support? At Pivot Leader, our Leaders in Business program combines leadership training with one-on-one coaching to help leaders just like you. You'll learn how to deal with people better, handle conflict, hire and keep staff, delegate more effectively, read financial statements, and learn coaching skills to move your team along. There's a less stressful way to improve your outcomes. We can show you how. If you'd like to be a better leader, reach out to us today at pivotleader.com. Pivot Leader will help Help you grow, train, and sell your business. Together, supporting a healthy community for you and your loved ones through funding vital medical equipment and innovative programs right here at home in the North. Spirit of the North Healthcare Foundation invites you to pick your passion today until 7 for Spirit Day, a 12-hour radiothon on Patterson Broadcasting. Unite and fundraise as a community for pediatrics, cardiac care, respiratory care, cancer care, seniors' health and wellness, mental health and wellness, lymphedema garment fund, and area of greatest need. Donate today on online at spiritofthenorth.ca. Forecast from Environment Canada. Sunny today, becoming a mix of sun and cloud this afternoon with a 30% chance of showers and the risk of a thunderstorm. Winds from the southeast at 20, a high of 19. A few clouds tonight, south winds becoming light this evening, a low of 7. For Friday, sunny, a high of 24 with a high UV index. This is After 9 on Prince George's Community Station, 93.1 CFIS-FM. All right, we are back with Dr. Brian Day uh, talking about health care and that maybe it's time for a fix and maybe we should be looking at, at other alternatives other than just pouring in more money. And, and like Dr. Day was saying earlier, um, the current fix being offered is just half the cash, cash infusion of uh, compared to John Cretchen's day. Um, but you were just beginning talking about the, the impact of our health care system on baby boomers. Yeah, so we have one of the highest percentages of baby boomers in the world, and um, and they're getting older, and they're about to hit the health system in a way that it that it's never been hit before. And um, yes. you know, I I came to Canada fifty years ago, and so far my total um, cost to the Canadian health system, because touch wood, I've been healthy, is about one hundred and fifty dollars in fifty years. It's very unlikely that in the next 50 years, I will only cost it $150. And mm-hmm. as I say, we have one of the highest percentages of baby boomers in the world. And the other thing that's happened is that when our health system was designed, so to speak, it never really was designed, but when it, when, when it evolved in its early stages, 
there were joint replacements were hardly unheard of. Transplants were unknown. Um, the modern technologies, robotic surgery, um, MRIs, none of these things were available. And they're all excellent advances, but they all add to cost. And, you know, as I kind of cynically um, said earlier on, um, you know, the more than 11,500 Canadians that die on wait lists every year um, are saving the government money. So that there is method in their madness, and I think it's, it's, it's absolutely wrong. I mean, you know, we, we, we've got to, um, and we've got to put blame where blame is due. The, the you know, the, the, the apparent, the so-called massive shortages of, of healthcare workers, and, and in some of those areas, we're not massively short. It's just that the, the health workers don't want to work. So, for instance, um, world data, OECD data, shows that Canada has, has an above-average number of nurses on a per-population basis, but they are leaving the workforce for, because of the toxic nature that it has been created there. We know, <clears throat> we saw it at airports in the COVID crisis, there tends to be a frustration of patients, uh, of, of people waiting for a service or being denied a service, take it out on the frontline workers who are not to blame. The true blame rests with the same governments that are sticking to their guns today. And um, so the shortages of doctors and nurses was created by governments that in the 90s, there was a royal commission in BC called the Seton Commission. The recommendations included and statements included such outrageous things, but they were acted on that there were too many doctors treating too many patients so across the, and and the the the, Mets, the conclusions were ex- accepted by um, governments across Canada um, that um, that they cut back medical schools by ten to thirty percent across the country and guess what we now have a shortage of doctors they closed nursing schools across the country and nursing you know there were large nursing schools at Vancouver General Hospital St Paul's these were all closed because nurses and doctors who treat patients cost money. Um, that, um, and that has, um, that has led to the, to the current crisis. So this crisis that we're facing um, that was caused by the very government that everyone um, looks to to fix. And, um, and we, the other thing that that commission recommended was that immigrant doctors should not be allowed to practice that, that anyone coming here with a, uh, health, any health worker coming to Canada should be given a short-term visa so they had to go home. These were all in this commission's, um, commission's report. They closed hospitals. <clears throat> oh, and just on that topic, um, when I came to Canada um, 50 years ago, um, we were fourth in the world in doctors per population. Today we are 69th in the world in doctors per population. So that shows you the impact that those policies had. That, um, so say that again. We were... So, so in, in the 70s, Canada was fourth in the world in the number of doctors per population, on a per-population basis. And now, we, according to Index Mundi, which tabulates these things, Canada is 69th in the world in doctors per population. 69th, oh from 4th to 69th. 
This is related to government government um, policy. We were eighth in the world in hospital beds per population. Today, we are ranked 31st in hospital beds per population. And Roy Romano, who um, who um, was the um, premier, when he was the premier of Saskatchewan, closed um, well over. 30 or 40 hospitals in Saskatchewan. And now we have a shortage of hospital beds. You know, this, this is, and, and his reward was, he was made chairman of the health commission that reported in 2002 on what to do to fix the system. And his, his basically his conclusion was, well, let's just keep going and see what happens. And that's what we're doing today. It's all more of the same. Instead of, as I say, to go back to the hockey analogy, looking at what the top performers do and trying to emulate them or learn from... I mean, countries like Sweden and Holland and and Belgium and France, these are not right-wing radical countries that allow some competition (laughs) for the public system. Um, No, and you're absolutely right. Um, So it is time for another break. So we'll, we'll be back and we'll pick up on this talk about talking about the the medical professionals per population um, because I think I, I'm not alone in feeling that I'm often told I should feel guilty for wanting better health care. So um, we'll be back after this. Don't miss out on your chance to win a beautiful one-of-a-kind gold, diamond, and topaz necklace from Hubble Designer Goldsmith. Only 200 tickets are being sold with all proceeds going to support Prince George Live for Ukraine. Tickets are available through the Prince George Live page under events at pgcf.ca. Draw date is May 19th. The Everyone Matters Necklace Raffle, license number 1417087. Know your limit, play within it. Are you a leader who wants to take their leadership to the next level? Do you have an emerging leader on your team who needs support? At Pivot Leader, our Leaders in Business program combines leadership training with one-on-one coaching to help leaders just like you. You'll learn how to deal with people better, handle conflict, hire and keep staff, delegate more effectively, read financial statements, and learn coaching skills to move your team along. There's a less stressful way to improve your outcomes. We can show you how. If you'd like to be a better leader, reach out to us today at pivotleader.com. Pivot Leader will help you grow, train, and sell your business. At Deb's Cafe and Specialty Bakery, we ask numerous diabetics to monitor their blood sugar after enjoying our baked goods and then share the results with us. Some said blood sugar went up, but the change was so mild it was irrelevant. Several said their blood sugar was unchanged, and several others showed us their blood sugar actually went down after eating our baked treats. If you're diabetic, check us out for yourself. You'll love our baking. At Deb's Cafe on 7th and Quebec, next to Pharmasave. With wood, metal, glue, and lacquer, a skilled luthier fashions a violin, but it takes time and use for that instrument to sound sweet. Likewise, God brings together people of various backgrounds to make up His church, and they need time and experience to meld and mature as well. Hear Dr. Michael Ziegler's message. This week on The Lutheran Hour. Be listening for The Lutheran Hour Sunday mornings at 8 here on 93.1 CFIS-FM. You're listening to After 9 on Prince George's Community Station, 93.1 CFIS-FM. All 
All right, Trudy Clausen back with Dr. Brian Day, and we're talking about uh, Canadian health care. And, and just before we went on break, um, Dr. Day was, was comparing the numbers of health professionals and, and hospital beds per population as com- from, uh, compared between Canada and other countries. And that highlighted something for me that uh, often comes up um, is that we're almost made to feel guilty for asking our healthcare to provide better service. Is is that something that you find, or is that just me? Well, no. I think I think that um, again, it relates to, if you like, the fact that Canadians are nice and easygoing and accepting of government control in a way that um, that. Um, so, uh, I'll t- this is a little uh, story. I, I was asked um, four or five years ago now to go and speak at an international health conference in Budapest. And, um, and this was uh, uh, health leaders from around the world. And they, ra- they basically invited me because they couldn't believe Canada outlawed private um, health insurance. And, and so I gave the opening address at this conference and pointed out all of the problems with Canada's health system and that it was of universal health systems. It was the most expensive and yet the worst performer of, of developed countries. And, um, and um, people were shocked that, that, it, that this was the case to the extent that the delegation from Beijing, China, came up to me afterwards and said, said this could never happen in our country. Um, you know, we can... We have a strong government. That's what that was their word for authoritarian government because they were insiders in the government. Said, but but there would be hundreds of millions of protesters if we tried to outlaw private health insurance and private care in in China. And I just kind of googled it after that and found that this, over over half of the hospitals in China are actually private hospitals. They again, as in Australia. The government um, funds healthcare um, premiums for those insurance companies, and and that's essentially how certain countries like Switzerland and Holland, who have vastly um, superior um, systems to ours, they patients don't wait the way they do here. They get rapid treatment. They get modern treatment that's available, not available here, and. What happens in the, in Switzerland and Holland is they have a, a large percentage of the population um, is uh, is covered by private health insurance, but if you are low income, the government simply pays the premiums for you, so you get the same um, private access that other people, other uh, the, the rich Swiss and the rich um, Dutch get. So this this idea that private insurance is for the wealthy is, is not is easily handled in the way the Australians and the Swiss and the Dutch do it is if you think this the if your government thinks low income groups are getting inferior service they just pay the premiums and um, and we should have so there are some things that can be used as solutions other than um, that that have nothing to do so for instance Governments in British Columbia and across the country now have determined the maximum acceptable time that one should wait um, on, a, on a waiting list. And um, beyond that time, the data 
accepted by government is that patients will deteriorate and be at risk of even death. And, and they could easily introduce what's called a care guarantee, which other countries have, where if you're waiting beyond the maximum time, the government will pay for you to get treated anywhere out, out, out of province, out of country, so that um, there's that guarantee that you will not wait beyond the safe, the, the safe time. And there's no reason why governments cannot do that. But the other big issue in Canada, again, unique in developed countries, is that your, our hospitals are given global block funding every year. So, so say a hospital like Vancouver General Hospital in, in BC, which um, is, receives um, perhaps $2 billion a year in government funding. But that's the way it, it, it operates, is that every patient, therefore, that comes to the hospital, whether it be to the emergency department or for a hip replacement or heart surgery, is using up their annual budget. So this is a perverse form of funding in that the chief financial officer of a public hospital in Canada, the last thing they want are patients because they consume their revenue and will make, and if they treat too many patients, they'll come in under, under budget. And that's why hospitals close in the early afternoon, close on weekends, close in the after, uh, late afternoons and the evenings. That, that patients in Canada are a cost to a hospital. So in countries like New Zealand um, and um, Australia and France and so on, a patient goes to a public hospital. If a patient goes to a public hospital for a hip replacement, the hospital is given funds by the government for that patient. If a patient goes to an emergency department in, in those countries, they carry with them revenue. So if you are a hospital in financial distress, you want to appeal to patients. In Canada, it's the reverse. And that's, that's, a bit, that's nothing to do with public versus private. And, and you know, for all, these are all the reasons we, and, and I must stress, five patients, three of whom were children, went to court to fight for the rights of British Columbians and, and Canadians who live outside of Quebec, because in 2005, the Supreme Court of Canada uh, looked at this question and overturned their laws that outlawed private insurance. And we, were, we went to court <clears throat> um, years later, of course, to fight for the same, to argue that British, ordinary British Columbians should have the same rights that, this, that the Supreme Court of Canada granted to Quebecers should have the same rights as judges and politicians. Federal politicians, all federal employees are exempt from these restrictions. Okay, so it is time for another break. So we'll be back uh, after this, and we'll talk a little bit about that court case that, that uh, you just lost um, and the preferential treatment of, uh, of uh, judges and federal servants. The Prince George Public Library is making Thursdays a time for teens to learn how to set themselves up for a summer job. Starting May 18th and for five weeks, the library will be hosting Teen Thursdays with programs such as resume and interview workshops and a session on creative writing. The sessions run from 4 to 5 each Thursday and they're free to drop in for. It all wraps up June 15th with a game jam. Teen Thursdays from 4 to 5 starting May 18th at the Downtown Library. 
It's emergency preparedness week across Canada and the regional district of Fraser Fort George is offering tips for property owners to better prepare themselves in the event of an emergency. Make sure you're prepared with proper insurance and visible numbering on your house. Learn about the district's public alerting system, have an emergency kit ready, and be fire smart. For full Emergency Preparedness Week tips and information, visit the Regional District of Fraser Fort George website at rdffg.bc.ca. If you are affected by dementia, you are not alone. The Alzheimer's Society of BC offers in-person and virtual support groups for caregivers and people living with early symptoms of dementia. Learn, laugh, and help others through mutual understanding. For a listing of upcoming support group meetings or more information, visit alzbc.org. Registration is also available through the First Link Dementia Helpline at 1-800-936-6033. In-person and virtual support groups from the Alzheimer's Society of BC. Sign up today. Forecast from Environment Canada. Sunny today, becoming a mix of sun and cloud this afternoon with a 30% chance of showers and the risk of a thunderstorm. Winds from the southeast at 20, a high of 19. A few clouds tonight, a south winds becoming light this evening, a low of 7. For Friday, sunny, a high of 24 with a high UV index. Keeping you up to date on current news and events in and around Prince George. This is After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. Okay, we are... We're back talking with Dr. Brian Day. Um, we were just beginning to talk about the um, the court case, and, and you had said that judges and federal servants, and there's a few other people, I mean, people on WCB, I believe they're still exempt from yes, that uh, prohibition against private health care? Yes, and, and, um, and federal prisoners, <laughs> which, which okay. we, we get asked to treat. So, you know, one of the kind of sarcastic, Things I used to say is, you know, we're fighting so for the we we're fighting so that Canadians who don't who aren't in jail should have to, could have the same rights as those who are in jail. So as you said, you know, we lost at the lower court level, uh, the, what's called the Supreme Court of British Columbia, and we 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 we, we had um, uh, you know an unfortunate um, uh, uh, one of the things I've discovered is the law is not science and. Um, we had a, a a trial judge that we knew from day one was going to. I mean, this was a, a trial that went on for three and a half years. We and our lawyers knew from day one we had no chance of winning because this mm-hmm. judge. Well, first of all, he had, and, and, and you know, this is this is a fact. He had cognitive issues, and we were, before the trial began, he disclosed that he had had surgery at our clinic, Canby Surgery Center, which is was not true you know i we had to correct him on that so and and he made many f- errors like that throughout the course of the trial he one of the rulings in his judgment was that if one of his statements written statement in the in the, in the, in, the, in the judgment was that if you wait more than 6 months you will get 8% better for every month you wait in other words nobody in the world should ever have surgery because if you can wait beyond six months, you'll just keep getting better. This is, oh my goodness! Yes, I mean those are the kind of statements he made and and wrote and you know were typed out and in his report, and yet these errors were ignored by the higher court judges. Now they did the higher court, the BC Appeal Court, did come out and say, they again these are quotes from them that that the del- deleterious effects of the, of our system. Uh, maybe more serious than the tr- than the judge uh, acknowledged. Um, 
the BC Appeal Court in, in written statements um, ad, admitted and stated that wait times flow from government rationing of health care and that the system was, these are, it's a direct quote, intentionally under-designed in order to achieve fiscal sustainability. They admitted that they were not examining what would be objectively the best or most efficient system. And they said um, the waiting, they overruled the lower court judge um, by saying and said that the waiting carries inherently carries a risk of death. And um, they, they said that the trial judge understated the scale and impact of the charter infringements. So we were very... Um, you know, uh, another quote from an appeal court judge, eliminating the availability of timely private care comes at a high cost to life and security of those individuals who cannot access care in the public system. And so these, with these quotes, we were confident that we would not only be heard of the Supreme Court of Canada, um, but we would win at the Supreme Court of Canada because... The BC Appeal Court just seemed to be afraid to go there, and 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 that's the problem. You know, this the subject of healthcare is often referred to as the third rail. You know, the electric rail of of politics because politicians and judges are afraid of the issues, but the facts are, are clear and explicit for everyone to see. Patients are suffering and dying on waitlists, and basically. The fact that the Supreme Court of Canada um, will not listen to an argument as to whether Canadians who live outside of Quebec should have the same rights that the very same Supreme Court of Canada granted to Quebecers in 2005, they would not even listen to arguments that other Canadians should have. It, it, it shows we don't live in, in like Canada is not a country and that there is no such thing as the Canadian health system. And as you may or may not know, Quebec is, um, is a center now, for a destination center for Ontario residents who um, are in desperate need of health care. The, the Supreme Court of Canada that won't, wouldn't hear the case is based in Ottawa. Uh, just months ago, the, and, and these judges must be aware of this, the Ottawa General Hospital admitted that only 13% of patients with breast cancer, awaiting breast cancer surgery, were being treated in the safe, maximum safe time that they um, <sighs> that they stated was um, was should be done. Only 13%, and we know from studies published in the British Medical Journal that the risk of dying is is massively increased for every every few months you wait for, yes. for breast cancer. So this is awful. It's 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 outrageous and um, and and now the whole question has been passed to the hands of politicians and it's up to them now because the courts are afraid of it. The courts in Canada are afraid of it and it's been passed into the hands of politicians who will now have to justify the suffering and dying of Canadians on waitlist. So, what is your uh, what is your hope? I mean, uh, I mean, one of the 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 very um, sort of inflammatory accusations always made about any changes to our healthcare system is that 
oh my goodness, you're just going to steal the best people from the public system and they'll go to the private system. Or, you know, the trope that, you know, you don't care about poor people. I mean, how are politicians who are notoriously um, shy about addressing serious issues that need serious thought, that need serious uh, nuanced and, and smart solutions, like, I mean... I'm, I'm becoming more discouraged rather than encouraged. Are there any bright lights to see at all? Well, I think that I think the public has to start rebelling, and it's not Canadian to do so, but I think they have to. That that until the trouble is at any one time, only a few percent of the population are directly affected by this because most people aren't on a wait list for an important medical thing. I mean, it's a few percent of the even when even when I say there are millions. We have a population of about 37 30 or so million. That's still uh, and we're far a, apart. a major minority uh, that are waiting. And, um, and so until, until it hits you, you don't really, really get it. But, I mean, the, 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 the politicization of healthcare, and this is what the judges have done now, they've washed their hands of it because they're afraid of it, is... Um, is um, it's a problem. I mean, this is we have we we need a government that will embrace the fact that other countries are doing it better, and let's learn from them. And uh, right. hopefully that 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 can, can that can happen. I mean, we 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 you know one of the things that irritates me very much is that our private clinic, and these are in the days when we were treating BC residents, and our clinic can be surgery center, which by the way. It has the highest level of accreditation by Accreditation Canada for safety and efficiency and, and for results. And we were treating um, politicians who were against us. We've had two leaders of the NDP treated privately at our clinic, and I can't <laughs> name them, um, but, this, but it's the NDP that led the... Because they are um, subservient to the public sector union leaders who have have a vested interest in maintaining the monopoly. They don't care about patients. Um, and and we, have, um, we have a system now that is imploding, and it's going to be up to politicians to face the music and, and fix this. And All right. Okay. It is time for our last break, so we'll be back and we'll talk about some of your ideas of how we can, how we can begin to fix the issues and uh, maybe to give courage to, to people to begin addressing these issues to politicians. So we'll be back after this. Your Prince George Community Foundation is proud to present PG Live for Ukraine Friday in the Coast into the North Ballroom. Tickets are available through the Foundation's website at pgcf.ca. The evening will feature Jessica Holmes, music, savory eats, and a silent auction with funds raised going to help new arrivals to Prince George from Ukraine. Your Prince George Community Foundation's PG Live for Ukraine, Friday evening at the Coast Inn of the North. Does Deb's Cafe and Specialty Bakery offer baking for diabetics? Yes! Cheesecake, carrot cake, blueberry pie, brownies, and more. The cheesecake and carrot cake each have four net carbs per slice. Blueberry pie has five, and the brownie has just three net carbs. Do these specialty baked goods taste good? People love them. What else would you like to say to our diabetic listeners? Come to Deb's Cafe and Specialty Bakery next to Pharmasave on 7th at Quebec. 
It's Everything Foam's 20th anniversary, and they're celebrating with amazing deals to say thank you. Everything in the store is on sale. RV mattresses cut to size, camping foam, cushions, mattresses, bed toppers, pillows, bamboo sheets, and more. Promo items and special in-store-only deals. Check out their bed-in-a-box, priced from only $299. Everything Foam has everything from soft to firm foam for a comfortable night's sleep. Hurry, sale ends May 31st. Everything Foam, locally owned and operated and conveniently located next to Canadian Tire. It's Nerf fun for the whole family on June 2nd at the downtown branch of the Prince George Public Library. The Family Nerf Night is designed for kids ages 8 through 12 and their adults. It's two hours of fun on a Friday evening after the library doors are closed for the day. It's free, but registration is limited. Pre-register in person at the library or call 250-563-9251, extension 100. Family Nerf Night, June 2nd from 545 to 8 at the downtown library. It's after 9 on Prince George's Community Station, 93.1 CFIS-FM. All right, we are back with our last uh, eight minutes of chatting with Dr. Brian Day. Um, so one of the reasons that I actually reached out to you, uh, because I've, I've sort of been keeping track of your of your uh, efforts to improve our healthcare system, was I think it was an interview you had with Dr. Brian Lilly, or not doctor, but Brian Lilly on um, on full comment, I think, where you were talking about the idea like of going to single single payer, um, but multiple but giving people the option to purchase their health care from other places. Is that something that you still think would work? Well, yeah, but I don't think I ever would advocate that because a single payer is still a monopoly. But if it, were, it would work, I mean, there are three things I think need to be done. One, end the block funding so that patients in our institutions, this has nothing to do with public or with private end the situation whereby our public hospitals don't want patients because they consume the budget. Right. Number two, introduce a care guarantee <clears throat> so that any patient who is waiting beyond the maximum safe time, so in Ottawa, in the Ottawa General Hospital, that would be um, 87% of patients with breast cancer would be funded to go elsewhere, whether that be to another jurisdiction in Canada or to the United States or anywhere, to get their treatment quickly and funded fully by the state. And, and thirdly, um, as I started out, we, I do not know, and I'd like to hear if there is one, any monopoly that provides better service to the consumer of that service than, than a system where there is competition and, and not a monopoly. There is no monopoly that serves the consumer well. Um, and so those three things have to change. And, and um, governments um, remain afraid of this issue, and they shouldn't be afraid of it because the, the rationale is there for all to see from other countries that outperform us. We're the worst performer of the 10 countries with universal health care. We're the most expensive of those countries, this is a this is a simple logic. This is simple logic, and and the the final thing I think <clears throat> that would benefit us from um, opening up the system is, you know, our biggest um, trading partner is the United States of America, um, but 
millions and millions of Americans go abroad every year um, to access health care. The, 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 um, they don't come to Canada, despite the fact that we are the biggest trading partner of the United States. The reason they don't come here is because we have wait lists for Canadians and it would be unacceptable for the government hospitals to be treating Americans. But the benefits are, this is one of the fastest growing um, sources of business in the world. And medical tourism could, I'm an honorary member of the Cuban Orthopedic Association. And in Cuba, the hospitals, which is a communist country, the, hosp- the public hospitals open on evenings and weekends. They treat foreigners and they use the money to improve, buy equipment and improve healthcare for ordinary Cubans in their public system. So Canada, instead of closing their operating rooms at 2 or 3 o'clock in the afternoon and closing them in the evenings and weekends, could be opening them up and generating revenue. And then the last thing I should say is, is most of the shortages of healthcare workers in Canada is uh, is is due to this rationed access, that certain groups are not allowed to work, um, casual nurses are not allowed to work when they want to, uh, young, young nurses with families cannot get the flexibility in the hospitals, and this is all strategic, that we talk about a shortage of doctors, and yet the biggest wait lists in medicine in Canada are, uh, for hospital wait lists are in orthopedic surgery, my specialty, Yet there are 200 young orthopedic surgeons who cannot get um, operating time to work. Um, and this part is of the because ration. of how we ration health care. Yeah, and there are 3,500 young Canadians going to foreign medical schools because we haven't kept up with the, with the uh, requirements of expanding our own medical schools. And guess what? Government policies make it really difficult for them to come back. None of this makes sense. The patient is not at the center it's a government monopoly that's at the center of the strategic planning for operating our health system. Mm. Okay, so I must have misunderstood about the uh, single payer. Um, but I did ask you about First Nations, and is that a, maybe a glimmer of hope for, um, because you said that they were beginning to offer, or that they already were in the business of providing health care. Can yes, you talk yes, a little bit so- about that? Yes, so so I think First Nations are a glimmer of hope. They, they, you know, a health system that was based on the 1984 um, Canada Health Act, um, and 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 politicians say, well, it's a defining feature of our nationhood. They do not accept that. They they believe they were here long before 1984, and so the Enoch Cree Nation just west of. Um, of uh, Edmonton in Alberta is building a $200 million private hospital as we speak, and they are going to, um, to, to um, they're not going to be treating just uh, government-funded patients. They're going to be a private hospital, and, um, and the same similar plans would take uh, on in the developmental stage in British Columbia, and I think there is hope there because First Nations do not um, succumb to the monopoly system and the unique Canadian system as a defining feature of nationhood. Their position is we were a nation long before 1984. Okay. All right. Well, this um, has been very informative. Thank you so much. And um, I just 
really hope that people can begin to to realize that um, while we may have had may have been number one at one point, now we are number one in costs and number ten out of ten in terms of service delivery and and if we're tired of waiting lists and 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 not having a family doctor, that maybe it's time that we talk to our politicians. Great, thank you. I'll, all right. Thank you very much, Dr. Brian Day. We'll be back tomorrow with uh, the political panel after 9. Thank you. Bye-bye. After 9 is a weekday presentation of CFISFM. After 9 is produced by Alan Wishart, Eric Allen, Kylie Lewis-Holt, Trudy Clausen, and Rez Krebs. Executive producer is Reg Fair with technical assistance from Stephen Smith. Theme music is by The Ebbs. For a rebroadcast of today's program, check out the podcast link at cfisfm.ca. To provide feedback or suggestions for the show, please email cfisfm at yahoo.ca. This is 93.1 CFISFM Prince George, proudly supported by local organizations like the Multicultural Heritage Society. Check them out online at multiculturalheritage.com.